You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversation as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To contact us directly, visit our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And this, listener, is episode 126, and it's not just one episode 126, it's also uh, a joyous occasion. All three of us are now sitting around the same table in the same room, which if you didn't know, that's an exceedingly rare thing. We're doing it live. We're doing, We're doing it, live. it live. We're actually looking at each other. Um, if you didn't know, we normally record this uh, in completely separate rooms. Even me and Matt, who are often in the same building, are not in the same room. He's in his office, I'm in my office, and then Nathan's all the way up in Corinth. But today... We're on the same room. It's incredible. It is uh, a joyous occasion. <laughs> it's one of those things that we always say. It's like, oh, we got to do it. We got to get together. We got to get together. And then it's like, it just never happens. Well, then, life is busy, man. Life is busy. It's been very busy. This is tis the season for a pastor, at least. Graduations, mm-hmm. weddings, mm-hmm. and then it is always the season for it's, funerals. This, this, is, this is my first year. I, I've done more, and I've, I've, I've talked about this. Not as a complaint, but as an option. I've done more premarital counseling, which I'm happy to do uh, this spring than I've ever done. It's my first year to have weddings the week of Easter, the week of Mother's Day, and the week of Father's Day. Uh, like, if, if you're doing weddings on those weekends, it's been a busy spring. That's right. So here we are. <laughs> I like how Matt says, uh, well, it's just it's that season for pastors. And my question is, is it, is it ever not that season? Is it ever an off-season? Yeah, but you never know when it's coming. Mm. It's it's hard to plan for it. So, but hey, I'm not complaining. I love my job. Okay, good. All right. Well, all that being said, uh, are we still in 25? Or I imagine we have more to say on 25. We do, and some of that came from uh, audience feedback. Uh, I have a friend uh, of the show that I have not met in person. He's from Fort Payne, and he actually reached out. It was before last week's episode aired on the two brothers, and he was asking some questions, and I was like, you know, hey, funny, you should ask that. We've got some stuff. <laughs> that's about to roll out. Uh, we've got some stuff that's coming up, and actually, but some of the back and forth of his questions and some of my responses, they made me think deeper on this issue. You know, we, we talked about in uh, Genesis 25 and the link to Romans 9, uh, this two brothers things, and how the, the two brothers don't just represent two individuals of prominence, these, these, these are, this is something more corporate. They represent nations, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, not, it's not you have two persons in your womb. It's you have two peoples mm. in, your, in your womb. Uh, nations will come from them. Um, and we, we talked about there's a biblical, I think we, we didn't dwell on it in the last episode, but we talked about there's this bib- a bigger biblical arc. Anytime there are two brothers pay attention. Um, and I, and I, I want to say, <laughs> I thought about some funny feedback uh, about that, but also something more serious. Uh, my funny feedback was, you know, when he was asking, why is it always the little brother um, that God uses? Why, what's, what's up with God and the little brother? And my, I didn't let myself indulge the joke in the moment, but my first thing was, we're always saying, you're, you're reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Exodus. And what number brother was Moses? 
He was the second son, right? Uh, Three so years younger than Aaron. You're hearing it through Moses's eyes. Uh, this, by the way, we didn't talk about this. Uh, if if you listen to the podcast, but you don't know my family, my my father is also a pastor, and my dad said he likes to preach for me at least once a year uh, because I often use anecdotes from my life as sermon illustrations. And my dad says he needs to come and give the canonical version from time to time. So uh, we're we're, we're this is what really happened. God is inspiring through the lens of Moses. No, I say that t- tongue in cheek. You're you're getting the little brother's account, so they come out on top. Um, no, when I was, when I was talking with Matt, I said, it's interesting. In the last episode, we said the whole two brothers thing goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel. That's right. but I, I want to push and I don't hear me. I'm not saying this dot should be connected, but it's an interesting dot, whether or not you draw a line. Right. So before you push that, uh, just as a reminder, we talked a lot in the early episodes, Gandalf, you remember Chekhov's gun? Yes. The, and remind our audience what Chekhov's gun is about. Chekhov's gun, uh, named for the playwright Chekhov, he famously said that if you write as just part of your script, if you write that there's a gun on a wall in Act 1, by Act 3, somebody better be dead. Yeah, that, that's right. That but gun's got to go off. It can't be there for nothing. It can't be there for nothing. But then the other thing is, is that something becomes symbolic. Like if you want to, uh, for instance— uh, Pick any kind of movie trilogy out there, whether it's uh, or movie series, uh, Harry Potter, uh, Star Wars, uh, Back to the Future, The Matrix, uh, all kinds of sci-fi. Really, there become symbols that when you see them, you associate everything with them that goes back to they carry a lot. early in the story. I'm reminded of the first Star Wars movie that was ever released a new hope it's anakin skywalker's lightsaber yeah. you know that's way before the prequels were made and stuff like that but that becomes symbolic that every time you see a lightsaber it's the first one you see you take it back to that moment in this conversation mm. of what that is when that's typology it's typology mixed with chekhov's gun so in this foundational laying in genesis and we're still in that mode is that you're seeing these Chekhov gun moments, but there's a typology that every time that you see this elsewhere, it's tapping into this type. Well, and this is going back to the Paul thing in Romans 9 through 11. You're going to miss what Paul is doing with the Scripture if you don't know how Paul is interacting with that story. Right. Like, Again, Paul doesn't just go to Jacob and Esau. Paul goes to Jacob and Esau through Genesis, right, uh, and and Malachi as well, right. As um, nations, because because Ma- because Malachi goes through Genesis, right. Uh, and I want to come back to that, right. Um, but uh, you know, the, I was thinking of you're talking about things that carry a lot of baggage. The the quintessential example in my own personal experience is on the third grade playground, someone accused me of spilling their secret and felt deeply betrayed, and they called me a Benedict Arnold, and I had studied zero American history, and I knew I didn't want to be a Benedict Arnold. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, 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 they can, things can have a, it's not that they're, things are not limited to what they are, they're, they are, they're expanded to the associations they carry. So, but typology goes both ways. Yeah. When you see a type, it can go to earlier in the story, or even later in the story. And, in it, 
Well, I said I would go here later, but let's let's I'll do it now. Oh, I thought that's where you were about uh, to do. Well, yeah, uh, the uh, with with the Jacob and Esau thing in Romans nine, and uh, it's interesting. He quotes, "Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated." That's coming from Malachi. But what's going on in Malachi? Um, Malachi is post exile their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're doing things like. Uh, rebu- By the way, when Nathan says post exile. What he means is this is the people of Judah returning after they've been smashed by the Babylonians and they've now been returned by and, the Persians. And, and, when they, and when they got smashed by the Babylonians, they fled to two places, the place from which God called Abraham and, yeah. the, and, and the rest of them went to Egypt. Yeah, like the, yes. the, the ironies compound. Right. Uh, but anyway, they come back, but they don't feel like they're home. They don't feel like they're back. They're having to rebuild um, – Priority one is rebuilding the temple, but they don't need to rebuild a palace because they're not in charge. God has not sent Messiah. And they say, wait a minute, God, we're supposed to be your chosen people. We're the elect ones. Right. Why are, why are other nations prospering? Right. And it's into that context, Jacob, have I loved Esau, have I hated? Now, when, you, when you're reading it in Genesis, okay, God's choosing Jacob. Man, God's pl- playing favorites. Be careful if you say you want to be chosen by God. Uh, it, it's it's not just a walk through the park. I think of and I think we talked about. Did we talk about the movie Defiance? Uh, that uh, that's Dan, a great movie. I don't think no, we I don't think it. we did. That's uh, a great movie. I could have swore we talked about it in one episode. Y'all remember that scene when they're in the forest? Oh fleeing? yeah, we're just talking about being God's chosen people. Yeah, and they and they say God choose we, another people. Choose another people. We have kept <laughs> suffered for every one of your commandments. Choose another people because <laughs> they see themselves as a redemptive vehicle for the world, but mm. the world is redeemed through their suffering. That, right. That's their understanding of what it means to be chosen. And so be careful wanting that, right? Uh, but anyway, they're, they're, they're chosen. Um, and in Malachi, that is not meeting their expectation. Let's go to Paul's use of Malachi. What's the irony? Paul Paul uses Malachi tapping into Genesis. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Ironically, in Paul's day, what's happening? Is it the descendants of Jacob who are responding to the gospel, or is it the descendants of yeah Esau? It's the, the Gentiles, Gentiles. right? Uh, and there's we're going to interact with this more because yeah. there's so much to say there. Actually, I, I thought you were going to a different place because we we had talked in preparation for this. Nathan drove down to Tupelo for this, and he gives me a phone call and. The idea you introduced, I was talking about typology going both ways, like even before Cain and Abel. Oh, yeah. This was very interesting to me, tying in Psalm 8. I was wanting you to unpack Well, that. yeah, it's, 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 let's, let's pretend it's not brothers. Let's just pretend it's firsts and seconds. Um, have we talked about a story where God created one being in a grandiose position, and then that being struggled with jealousy of grander purposes for what it perceived to be a lesser being. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is Psalm uh, eight. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not sure this dot needs to be connected, but man, that's but it fits. It's a typology thing that it does fit whether or not it is official fit. <laughs> it, it, it not willing because by the way, the spiritual beings, and we've talked about it in previous episodes, you've heard us talk about it, but are called the sons of God. All right. And sonship language. Right. They're called the sons of God, these spiritual beings in the heavenly places. Yet God made also a different kind of son 
that made him of the dust of the ground. And the second sign, the second type of son is eventually going to be indwelt by God's own spirit for the record. That's right. So it is not in the sense, I want to clarify this because if you're casually listening, you're thinking, wait a second. This I is, this just got weird. Yeah. This got weird. Not, are they, are they describing something like from like Mormon tradition? Are you saying that like, you know, that Satan and the angels are God's son and Jesus is God's son and we're all God's sons and stuff like that. What, what, We've gone over this before, but because maybe you're just landing on this episodes, the answer to that is no. The The Bible teaches that there is one God, the Son, but there are many beings, and that would be Jesus, but there are many beings in the Bible that are called the sons, sons of, God. of God. And if we had um, if the sons of a king in the ancient world were essentially a part of his entourage, royal court. royal court, stuff like that. And not everybody has the same job. And the sons of God in the heavenly places have a different job than the sons of God made from dust. But the irony is that God makes the ones out of dust the rulers of the earth. Yeah, and this is the irony, because I feel like it's a very common plot line. You have the story of like succession in a business, and you'll have the guy who built the business, right? And then you'll have this executive team that works with him all this time. They've been learning the ropes, studying under the head guy. But when it comes for that guy, time for that guy to leave his business to someone, he doesn't leave it to those people. He leaves it to his child. Uh, right? And they're like, who is this bratty little upstart who thinks he's just going to waltz in here and be the boss of us who've been doing the work this whole time? Mm -hmm. there, there is that component in a lot of the reflections on the uh, – Satan story. Hey, Gandalf, have you yeah. ever seen the movie, or the, not the movie, but the series, The Crown? No, I'm, oh, I'm not. Well, so I, I'm, I'm married to a, wo a, a woman that loves The Crown. and uh, so <laughs> My dad loves that. Like yeah. That. Well, we've only watched, I think, the first couple of series. We watched Downton Abbey, and then we transferred over to The Crown. Uh, but one of the things that comes through, do you know what it's about? It's about the royal family yeah, it's and about stuff the, like that. Yeah. One of the things that comes through in that series is the burden of The Crown. Like, it's so much better to be a member of the royal family than it is to actually be the head of state. Yeah, you don't want to be the queen. You want to be, like, a duke of some, like, other thing. But, but, but the irony is a, a recurring theme in the, in the show is all these people around Elizabeth, like her sister in the show, feels like she should have been right. the queen. So it's, it's strange. Because for her sister, her sister meets her sister's idea of what a queen should be, and Elizabeth doesn't fit the mold. That's right. I, I, I go to the, we, we need to go to Psalm 8. Mm -hmm. um, but here, let me say this, because, and, and we'll tie this into that, is that the idea out of the crown is this. You're always wanting what the other brother has. Like in Esau. Ooh, so well said. Esau is wanting the freedom that comes from the younger brother, not having to worry about the inheritance rights or the blessing. Jacob wants the blessing and the inheritance rights. Yeah. Like you're always wanting what the other one has. So if you tie it into the Genesis thing, what is the the heavenly son? When I say heavenly son, I'm talking about a member of the heavenly Mankind court. struggles to want that divine freedom. So no one gets to tell me what to do. The serpent struggles with he shouldn't be the heir. I, I like, he I, shouldn't I, I, be I, the heir. I and then tie I, that into Genesis 6. Not only shouldn't he be the heir, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to create my own heir on this 
on this place. I also mm. noticed that the serpent's deception had to do with tricking into consumption of some kind. And that's next episode. That is next episode. Well, it, it 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 is. But just to remind, just to remind our listeners, when you look, and it's been so many moons since we've looked at Genesis chapter three, but. Anyway, when you look at Genesis three, remember the temptation was to be well. Like, since we looked, since we looked at it directly, we keep seeing variations of it. right. But was to be. Let me. In fact, let me just read it to you. Um, you shall be as gods. That's three, you shall five. be as gods. Yeah, three five. That it's not in the and it's and it's it's the plural theoi in the Septuagint, uh, in the Vulgate and in the KJV. Uh, most most translations you say should, you'll be as God. You be as God. Oh, and I think Le- Lexham English Bible also goes plural there. But it's it, it was and that was the King Louis episode. You, I want to like, be like you. I'm the king of the swingers. Oh, the jungle yeah. VIP. Now it's an episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But now, now tie tie this thought and thinking into Psalm eight and the whole idea of wanting what the other brother has. Yeah, I I, I love the. I can't remember the, off the top of my head. Uh, I don't sit around and study Second Temple Jewish sources all the time, uh, but I love the one that has uh, Satan reflecting uh, right. defiantly. That he, I, why that should he I serve bow him? The knee yeah. To God's why should I serve him when you've made me out of fire and him out of mud? Yeah, we've talked about that before on the podcast. Uh, yeah. And the, and the Psalm eight is you've taken the one who was lesser, and this is the one who was crowned with glory and honor. It's, it starts off usually when people use Psalm eight and songs. It's creation psalm, but it's not. It's not Psalm eight's not just about creation. It's about who stewards creation, mm. who inherits the world. By the way, Paul goes into that language mm. in Romans four and Romans eight. Uh, uh, God promised Abraham that he would inherit the world. Romans four and the whole inheritors, co-inheritors with Christ in Romans eight. Right before Romans 9, which appeals to Jacob and Esau for the record. So going back to Chekhov's gun, Gandalf, it's the whole, it's it's the typology. It goes forward and backwards. Now, let's say we get to heaven one day and we find out, actually, there, Matt, Nathan, Gandalf, there was absolutely no connection between like, the Y'all two. were writing fan fiction. Yeah, the, 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 this, is, this is just going way off the reservation. Like, I, maybe so. Uh, but it does fit. It, it does fit, and so it and and this is what reading. The well, but this this was we t- we talked about this. I didn't know if we we're going to go into it or not, but this is it fits to me because of John eight. Yeah, Jesus is talking with temple officials, and they're convinced they know who their father is. And Jesus says, "No, nah. essentially, if that was your father, you'd react differently to his son." He says, "Your father is the devil," and that's not that's not Jesus being. Anti-Jewish, Jesus is Jewish, right? <laughs> uh, but but he's saying the spiritual DNA, <laughs> the spiritual DNA shows itself in the way that you respond to the air. Right. Uh, the the spirit. So, being a child of Abraham, God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. It's way more about DNA because Esau is just as much of a genetic child of Abraham as Jacob. But there is a very big difference on what it means to be a child of Abraham, which even is, in the Old Testament. Which is why Paul can say in Romans 9, right before going into Jacob and Esau, not all Israelites are Israelites. What in the world does that mean? It means this stuff. Right. Um, it, it means that, again, unless you tap into that story, unless you wrestle with Paul that the irony that God's words haven't failed and yet Esau's descendants are responding to the gospel more than Jacob's are, you can't understand why Paul is appealing to the Jacob have I loved in the hopes that his Jewish kinsmen will come to faith in Christ. 
So, uh, yeah. And we're we're gonna we I feel like we in this passage, which we didn't even read a passage. Uh, we're still on the yeah, end. Of, we're still on it. <laughs> we're still on the end of Genesis 5, 25, uh, 25. And what we've what we've done in this passage, bear with us. But if you're one hundred twenty five or one hundred twenty six episodes in, you've you've borne with us. We we went to an a Mount Everest elevation in this episode, and we're going to come back down onto the text. I just, in light of the questions, there's there's so much more to election than God playing favorites. It's it, God's aim is to redeem the world. Um, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, it goes back to the twelfth thing, um, and we'll look at a lot of different dimensions of that. But man, there's a bigger biblical arc there um, with some dots we definitely need to connect, and some dots that we might connect in light of what we can connect. Mm. Well, listener, if you want to be heirs to the promise of the <laughs> podcast, then I urge you subscribe and you'll get a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode discussing the grand biblical narrative, another 30 minutes. But until then, well, we're going to, we're just to let you know, we're going to be in Gen- Genesis 25 for a little bit. Like that's, we're not going anywhere. So join us next week and we're going to continue talking about these two brothers. See you. See you next time. Shalom.